three, two, one, go. Welcome everybody to Ask the Editor with Gus and Laws, where I, Gus, the host, ask Laws all these questions about the English language, like grammar and syntax and writing things. Uh, it's, it's another great episode coming at ya. Is that good? Yeah, the anticipation is great. Okay, so Laws, uh, good to see you again. Good to be with you, Beth. Always a pleasure. I was thinking that we should start by doing a little review and correcting or updating a couple of the things we said from the last episode. This should be something we do each time. So I'll start first. I found a mistake in something I said. Okay, what was it? And I have to say, I'm ashamed and embarrassed. If you recall, the bonus question was, what is the largest fresh body of water in the world? And we said uh, the Caspian. <laughs> we said the Caspian Sea. <laughs> you could either say there's a nuanced difference or you can just say that I was wrong. Uh, the Caspian Sea is the largest lake in the world. That is oh. true. It's the largest lake, but there's a differentiation between lake and fresh body of water because the Caspian Sea actually it is a little brackish. It has like 1.4% salinity. So it's salty is what you're saying. Yeah. So the largest fresh body of water in the world was not even one of the three options I gave you. <laughs> I, I'm seeing that. Yeah. Uh -uh. I believe it's called Lake Baikal. B-A-I-K-A-L. Baikal. It's in Russia. And it's not the largest by surface area, but it is very, very deep. 1,600 meters. It's a mile deep. Anyway, that's the largest uh, fresh body of water in the world, although not the largest lake. That is the Caspian Sea. So to all of our um, viewers, oh, and I should say to our viewers out there or whatever podcasters do, um, we gave up on Twitch. It was a short-lived thing. There were people before, but any, <laughs> they're not anymore. We had one viewer, which was me. We had twice as many producers than viewers. So um, anyway, what, what were you wanting to... Uh, not correct, but you wanted to, you wanted to add on to something, didn't you, Laws? Yeah, yeah. I think it had to do with the word further versus farther. And one thing I wanted to say is that further is also a verb. And I don't think we discussed that distinction as well. Because we said that further and farther can be interchangeable. But there are times where you would use further and you should not use farther. And one of those times is when you say you want to, um, when you want to progress or develop something. So if you, you say, I want to further my career. I want to further my career too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to edit so it out. So many ways you can further or progress things. Um, and in that scenario, you can't really use, you can't and you shouldn't use farther. Yeah, I think that was what I wanted to say. And I think that's a pretty reasonable uh, correction addition. Yeah, I think the listenership is going to be well-pleased with that. Yeah. Well, that just makes me a very happy lady. Moving on, Laws, that was good additions on your part and mine. So here, here's the name of the game. The name of the game is um, I have set up for you a, uh, a series of dresser drawers. So I have a, a dresser with six drawers, okay? And each drawer has uh, 20 coins in it. If you get 100 coins by the end of the podcast, you win. Okay. Is that, is that good? Uh, yeah. Okay. So go ahead and 
Choose your drawer. Is the word drawer going to come up at all? Because I think it's an interesting one. Now that you mention that, I think it's an interesting uh, colloquialism because a drawer is something that you pull out of like a dresser that you put your clothes in. But drawers, plural, is like underwear. I'm going to put on my drawers. (laughs) That's a really good, that's a really good point. Yeah. Or it could be the plural. Or it could be a group of people who like to draw. Oh, drawers. Is that right? Is that Uh, right? You kind of uh, hinted at actually one of the questions you don't even know about, but Ah. it's a, yeah, it's, it's the same spelling, but I think it's pronounced a little differently. It's drawer versus drawer, but I think it's spelled the same. Yeah. I think that's what's, well, I think that's, what's interesting is the regional sort of accent in, in the U S like I've known people from New York who call them the draw. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So sorry. I digress. Okay, so let's go on with the show. I guess I should start by, before we even get into the drawer questions, I should start by saying episode two is no walk in the park. I mean, episode one was kind of like softballs, you know, left, right, swing, swing, home run. But, you know, episode two, I'm not saying it's it's like, it's not astronomically hard, but I'm these are a step up. Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Which drawer would you like to pull out? Drawer number two. Okay. Drawer number two is idiom of the week. <laughs> oh, you don't have to say it. This is kind of a, a two-pronged question. I'm going to tell you this idiom. You have to tell me what it means. This idiom had an older, longer way of saying it. And you have to also tell me that, okay? okay. Um, idiom of the week is the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> okay. So you have to tell me what, what it means and... The, the longer way, the original idiom that we now say the proof is in the pudding. What was the longer way of saying it? Okay. Um, okay. What it means. I wouldn't say it's as widely used as, as some expression, but whenever I've heard it, I've sort of taken it to mean if what you're saying is true, it will be proven through, you know, some legitimate means like proof will be there. If, if what you're saying is true. Yeah. Like I make the, let, let's just take a very literal example. I make the most delicious chocolate pudding. We'll see, the proof is in the pudding. And I actually have to taste it. And then I can tell you if it's if, if exactly. what you said was true or yeah. not. The veracity of the statement, it comes with solid proof. Veracity, good word, like truthfulness, huh? Yeah. So like no. it is proven after it's been used or tested. Yeah. Uh, you get you get 10 points. How succinct of you. I did I mean I did not even prepare. So I'm writing down 10 points plus sign because you just got 10 points added to your total. Oh, but I okay. don't know the end of it. Do you want me to give you a hint? Oh, I've heard it before, but I would never be able to guess it. Mm. And uh, I was so delighted to even know that there was an end to it that I, I was so tickled my brain didn't absorb anything. So you want me, you want me to just tell you? you, want me to just yeah, tell yeah, you? Totally. Okay, so, so the longer way of saying it is, in the, the original way is, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. It's exactly like your example. You, you do taste the pudding to prove if it's good or not. But over yeah. time, we've just shortened it. What I find to be funny now is if you're using this idiom and if you actually revert to the older way, the more archaic way, and you say, the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. I say that sometimes. Do you really? Yeah. What's your name, Puddingtane? Ask oh. me again, I'll tell you the same. I've never heard that in my life. Wait, you've never heard the what's your name, Puddingtane? Ask me again, and I'll tell you the same bit? 
I don't think so. Whoa, yeah. I don't know. Growing up, my, my I think my mom used to say that. All right, that, that's good. That's good for pudding talk, isn't it? Mm. You have five drawers left. Any drawer except for number two. I'll take the fifth drawer down. Okay. Oh, this versus that. This is this versus that versus that this week. I'm going to give you three words, and I need you to tell me the difference. Okay? The words are homophone, homogram, and homonym. Okay. A homophone. <laughs> if I get this wrong, you have to edit it out and make it sound like I got it right. Okay. Whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to get it right. Okay. A homophone are two things that sound alike, but are different. Okay. No, no. Is that, first of all, is that right? Did I get that right? So uh, that is not right. No, no, it, it is right. It, it, it's miss, it's missing something, but it is right. So before you move on to homonym, think of homophone versus homogram. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. I've got one that I really like. So uh, a homophone would be flower and flower. Ah, that's right. They sound the same, but they're spelled differently, and they have different meanings. Perfect. All right. So, what about homogram? And you well, I actually guess that they are written the same. You actually gave an example of this earlier in this very podcast. We were talking about. I'll give you a hint. Underwear. Oh, that's right. Yes. So it's two things that are written the same way, but ultimately they actually have two different meanings. Different meanings and different pronunciations. Like oh yes, of course. Like drawers and drawers. The the drawers in the art room opened the drawers of the dressers. Bingo and homonym. 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 <laughs> Homonyms are spelled the same and sound the same, but they have different meanings. So that would be uh, a a spring. A, like spring, like springtime or like a bouncy spring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, a spring of, of water as well. Or like a spring. Oh, that, that's a multiple homonym. I was thinking of pot. That's a really good one. Yeah. Like you can plant it. Can you plant a pot? No, no. You, you, you plant something in it. You put a flower in a pot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or you smoke it. Yep. Or you boil something in it. Oh, yeah. Um, or, I mean, depending on how colloquial we're going again, you know, there's a pot in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the pot. Actually, that, that was a tricky one. I, if you had asked me that, I would have gotten it wrong for sure without having looked it no, up. No, I love those. And I should know those better. Like for some reason, I always get those confused and I just have to use the, the roots, like the prefixes and the suffixes of the words themselves to remind myself of like, which is which. I think I think that that's good on the on the the homophones, grams, and nims. I'm gonna give you a cool 16 points on that one. Okay, moving on to the next drawer. Would you like drawer one, three, four, or six? I want the bottom drawer, please. Bottom right is the only one left, and that is drawer six. Drawer six is nature and geography. Um, <laughs> um, okay, the question is, I'm looking for a word and what the word means. Okay, what is the area of the world that lies between the lines known as Cancer and Capricorn? The tropics. 
Ding, 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 ding. You got it. You get a, a, a cool 20 points, or should I say a warm 20 points because we're talking about the tropics. What is cancer in Capricorn and what are the, tro I mean, not, not, like, not like their etymology, but in relation to this question, what are those and what, what do you mean when you say tropics? You're talking about the lines of latitude called the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Yep, yep. When you say tropics, what do you think of? You think of like moderate weather? Well, that's not always true, is it? But yeah, you think of being on either side of the equator. Uh, you think it's, it's sort of the opposite of the... Of the, of the polar. Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite of the polar. Um, I think of temperate weather when I think of the tropics. Hurricanes develop there and typhoons, wet and dry seasons, maybe. Typhoon season, monsoon season hurricane season. I always think of Hawaii. It's much more tropical, yes. Um, once a year uh, on the solstice, on that uh, day, the Tropic of Cancer or the Tropic of Capricorn effectively is the equator. It is, it is where the sun directly hits at a 90 degree angle on the earth. You know, whether it's, uh, God bless you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whether it's uh, December or June, you know, you're having a, sum a summer equinox either on the Tropic of Cancer or the Tropic of Capricorn, which is why it's always so temperate when you're in between those around the equator. Okay, enough about the tropics, but so far you have accrued 46 points. So I need to get to 100 still. Yeah, so, but, but don't worry, you have 60 more. So you were well within uh, the margin of error to win this election. Would you like drawer one, three, or four? I'd like three, please. Drawer number three. The title of this is My Brain is a Puzzle. My Brain is okay. a Puzzle. Okay, I'm going to read this to you. There's a word misused, so I need you to help me figure it out, okay? Here's a, so here's a little story. I was watching the news about the presidential election, and the newscasters were not very supportive of President Trump. In fact, this channel, you could say, was anti-Trump, not for him. But at one point, they said something about the president that confused me a little. They referred to him as a demigod. Now, I thought that was strange because I thought being a demigod was a good thing, like Achilles or Hercules. So why would this channel, who is opposed to Trump, be calling him a demigod? I, I just don't understand. Can you help me, Laws? Absolutely. I think this person may have been confusing the word demigod with what the newscaster was probably saying, which is a demagogue. What's a demagogue? It is a kind of, it's not a positive thing. It's, it's a negative thing, really. It's a political leader who doesn't really use rational arguments and appeals to sort of maybe populist sentiment, sometimes invoking prejudice or things along those lines. I looked at the definition because like, of course I know what it is, but it's actually really hard to, I don't know. I, I agree. The word demagogue, I, it, it was the same with me. It's hard to put into words. Like, you know, it's negative and you know, you know it has- a terrible leader. You know, it's someone, to me, like, the first word that might pop into the mind is like tyrannical, but like, I think that's an association I have, but I don't actually think it's accurate, which is why I wanted to look up the definition. Right, because being a demagogue is actually quite specific. For me, it just seems like um, a, a, a leader abusing power, but, but what specifically is it? So the Oxford English Dictionary defines it as a political leader who seeks support 
by appealing to the desires and prejudices of ordinary people rather than by using rational argument. A demagogue is someone trying to build up their base, um, not using rational arguments, but maybe irrational arguments that, that this person would know emotionally affects an audience. Is that a... Uh, another way of saying it? Do you think that's accurate? I think so. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty fair. When I read this definition, one of the things I think of is is a leader that appeals to populist sentiment because what they're doing is they're appealing to desires and even the prejudices of ordinary people. And, and also, just to be clear, uh, the word demigod, D-E-M-I-G-O-D, refers to someone who is a half god, like Hercules or Achilles. But um, Laz, could you spell demagogue because that one I think is tough to spell it's d-e-m-a-g-o-g-u-e yep that's uh that's what I got and that earns you 20 points you are on <laughs> your way okay so there's uh two drawers left we have drawer uh one that's top left and drawer four that's top right so you've saved the top for last which one would you like one okay drawer number one G R E. Corner. This is DRE corner. This is a word that I think is kind of a advanced word that you might find on the GRE. And Laws, your um, task is to define this word. The word is sycophant. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way about sycophant as I do about demagogue. Negative. Evil? No? Okay. Like, um, is it somebody who's uh, even sadistic or no? No, it's, it's not, it's not um, sadistic. It's more about a person's relationship to somebody else that you would define them as a sycophant. I'll give you, I'll give you a minute to think about it. Hey, take your time. You have all the time in the world. It's a sucker. Yeah, it's like a, a, like a severe case of, of uh, sucking up. Right, yeah. manipulative suck up, like mm -hmm. really hardcore. Yeah, it's interesting, right? In fact, one of my uh, friends who's in a band, uh, he, he loves using this word. Whenever he meet or he, he like sees a popular person, and when that person is surrounded by people who are acting in ways that are like being, you know, overly kind or generous because they're popular, he says, they're a bunch of sycophants. Right, right, yeah. An impure kindness to give something in return. Laws, I'm going to give you 18 points. You did really... Good on that one. You Googled that so well. Okay, you get 18 points. That brings you up to 76, 86, 84 points. So it all comes down to this. It all comes down to drawer number four. Um, all right, you want it? Drawer four? Okay. Let's do it. This one is called, let's get to the root of it. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to give you a root word. Um, and this root is both a root and a word by itself. So I'm going to tell you the word, and then you have to tell me what it means. And, and I'm also going to tell you what it's not, because this word is, in fact, a homophone with okay. another root. Okay. So uh, the word is anti, but, but, but it's not A-N-T-I. Oh, oh, is it like anti-up? Yes, A-N-T-E, like anti-up. Oh, and, and that, and that, what you just said to ante up is in fact the same as the root ante, which comes before a few words. And if you need, I have some examples I can tell you. Oh yeah, go. I mean, can I have them? Is it like an acceptable part of the game? 
yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take away one point if I give you, so you're gonna be down to 19 points if I give you the examples. But I think it might be worth it. You only need 16 to win. All right, let's do it. Okay, some examples are antebellum, antediluvian, one of my favorites, um, antecedent. Antecedent, I love that one. And there's another one that starts with ante, but I'm not gonna tell you because I'm saving it for a different episode. Okay, so the root means before. Ding, 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 ding. You win uh, uh, 19 points, but, but wait here, but keep going. So, so but what do those words mean? Like ante up or antebellum, antediluvian, antecedent. Antebellum, doesn't that mean pre-war, before a war? It does. And, and in the United States, it- It's um, pre-civil war. Right, pre-civil war. Well, you know, you have to consider our brothers and sisters in the South when we think about the Civil War. <laughs> anti, uh, I'm from the South. Uh, yeah, anti, like an antebellum house is like an American house built prior to the Civil War. And Lady Antebellum, well, I don't know how they got their name. How <laughs> did they get their name? Uh, no clue. Lady, do they mean like a lady from before the Civil War? I think so, yeah. But like, why? Like, what's that about? Hmm. Maybe we should write her. I, it's I, not just it, a woman, though. It's a, it's a band. I think there are a few guys in the band, Lady Antebellum. Yeah, that is funny, isn't it? Yes, interesting but, name choice. What about antediluvian? Don't know. Do you mind if I tell you? Because I love this word. Yeah, yeah, tell me. Antediluvian, um, kind of in a literary sense, means ancient, like extremely old. But what it, what it literally means is anti before diluvian, like deluge, water, flood. Mm -hmm. So like pre-flood. So if you're talking about biblical anti-diluvian, it's like the Bible prior to the flood. Um, Are you saying diluvian or delusian? Diluvian. Oh. Yeah, here, I'll tell you how to spell it. It's spelled A-N-T-E-D-I-L-U. V-I-A-N, antediluvian, of or belonging to the time before the biblical flood, or uh, humorously, ridiculously old-fashioned. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. like that word. I do too. Like your, your, your dad or your grandpa is like, you know, trying to, to download TikTok, and you'll be like, that guy's so antediluvian, there's no way he's going to... But, you know, he, he could actually be a hit on TikTok, you know, because, you know, old people are hits on TikTok. I keep telling my parents. Um, okay. An antecedent, you know what that antecedent. is? I love this word. I use it at work all the time. So I'm always telling people that their pronouns have to match their antecedent. So it's, in my mind, it just means like the thing that comes before or the word. In, in these scenarios in which I use it, I'm referring to the word that comes before it. It's, it's the relevant word that comes before it. Uh, Laws, you are absolutely right. And for your, your good work on this one, uh, you get 19 full points. Oh, That's and, such a lot. And, and the last thing you, earlier, you said ante, like an ante in poker, ante up. The, yeah. ante, the ante is like the, the initial amount that everyone has to put in prior to the Yeah, round. yeah, you were so uh, Laws, I'm going to pull out my calculator. And you got 103 points. Cool. Um, 
I mean, I don't even know if we need a bonus round on this one. But let's do it just for fun, eh? All right. Yeah, we, 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 should, we should do it. We should do it just, just for fun. So I'm going to create three topics, and you have to choose one. One is um, Eastern Asian literature. <laughs> okay. Two, antediluvian stories. Three is um, garbage, etc. I would like to choose garbage, etc. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Garbage, etc. All right. This, this one is going to be a great, great bonus question, Laws. By the way, if you get this right, you'll get one additional point. And if you get it wrong, you lose 50 points. Um, the, the question, so I'm looking for a word here. All right. And you have to tell me what this word is. When a person throws things away, let's say, let's say you live in Germany. Okay. And you're throwing things away. You take, you know, your plastics, etc., and you put them in the garbage, but you take your papers and you put them in the recycling. But if you want to be really environmentally friendly, you're going to take your orange peels and you're going to take them outside and you're going to put them in the what? Compost pile or your compost bin. Ding, ding, ding. It's compost. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about compost lately. I was just thinking as I'm on this new orange day cake, I'm thinking, because I throw my orange peels in the trash, right? I was thinking, what if instead of throwing them in the trash, I just dumped them out my window under the tree down below? Don't you think that tree would be happy? We're 10 points, Laws. Don't you think that tree would be happy? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I, I can't remember if this was like a YouTube or documentary, but there was this experiment. I don't have any details, so I'm sorry, but it is true. But there was this experiment <laughs> where this university took like tons and tons and tons of fruit peels, grapefruit. What other types of fruits are there? Um, oh, oranges, bananas, also, you know, peels and stuff like that. They transported them to a uh, particular acreage of land somewhere in the, in the forest, like in the, in the rainforest. And, they, and it was an experiment where like the, you know, these 10 acres were just littered with tons of compost fruit peels. And this acreage was just left, you know, to its own devices like normal. And they came back and a few years later, the acreage that had all the compost was blossoming with all different sorts of life, like new plants, animals, um, plants. And it was just exploding with life. Anyways, so I, I would like to have a little compost pile. <laughs> and I feel like the tree outside my window would be happy. You should give it more than orange peels, though, because orange peels will give it one essential element. But what you need are multiple essential elements. I believe you need a carbon, a nitrogen source, and maybe one other. So I, I forget which one orange peel counts as. It might count as being nitrogen. Hmm. I think you might need to balance that with a carbon, which could be leaves, like dead leaves, or even like a brown paper bag, I think, hmm. is compostable. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I would believe that. Well, uh, Laws, I think that's good. Um, do you have anything else uh, for, the, for the listenership before, uh, before we say uh, adieu? Just to bid them the, the most wonderful of days ahead. All right. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see Bye. you next time. Bye. Ask the editor with Gus and Laws.
What's your name, Puddin' Kane? Ask me again and I'll tell you the same. Where do you live? Down the lane. What's your number? Cucumber. <laughs> it just ends here. Roll, roll down the street. I'll give you a cucumber. How did, I forget the second half. What's your number? Cucumber. Cucumber. That's not a number. Ding, ding, ding. It's compost. Oh, woo.